Well, happy Easter, guys. Pray that you're all well. And a special welcome to visitors this morning. It's a special Sunday today. We have uh, water baptism coming up. And uh, who's one of our little runners around here? Let me have a look. Where's Nick? Patrick, could you put that door back over there? That last one might just chalk that one. Let the airflow go through. That'd be great. Well, first, before we start, can we put our hands together for all the worship crew and all the media crew for what they've done today? And I want to give a special shout out to a young man who's been working very hard. That's Jason down the back. Shout out, Jason. We love you, Jason. He has been working, toiling and editing, and uh, I don't take it for granted. I just appreciate the hours you put in, and I'm sh I will shout you a Vietnamese roll next week. I'll do that. I said this morning I'm going to shout him one, and he said, oh, no, I'm okay. Kenny said, I'll have it. <laughs> I'll take that order. <laughs> but uh, Easter, can we pray and we'll have a short message, and then we'll come in around our water baptism. Holy Spirit, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the person you are. Thank you for a changed life. Today we're celebrating Jesus rising again, destroying the power of sin, giving us the power to live a life that reflects your character, your goodness, your grace, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you, guys. When it comes to Easter, it's always a special time for me because uh, most of my church family know I got saved in 1981 in Queensland. I was uh, in the police department. I was an alcoholic and uh, just messed up my whole life. But it happened in 1981. I went to an Easter camp. And uh, I'd had a hangover the night before. But my auntie had asked me to come. She said, will you come to this camp? I promised to go. And I said, okay, I'll go. And I went along and uh, I thought, I'll go along and make her happy. I'll go to this camp and make my auntie happy. I'll tick that off. I've gone. Not realizing that that weekend would change my life for the rest of my life. Completely changed. I got saved. I was what we call born again. I became a Christian. Alcohol just went like that. I thought I'd have to struggle. I thought once I got saved and became a Christian, I'd have to watch my next week, the week after, the week after. But there was nothing there. The desire to drink again just left me. God's power touched me. It was an amazing weekend. After I became a Christian, I bumped into some of my relatives and uh, some of my suspicious ones. They knew my life before. They knew that I was a bad drunk. I was an angry drunk. They knew that I was a lot of trouble for my mother, and especially my mother's sisters, my aunties. I would meet them and I'd say, aunties, I'm changed. Oh, yeah, you're changed now, but give it a month. One particular auntie of mine said, you aren't changed. You've just caught this little emotional experience. Well, one month later, I went back. Auntie, I'm still here. She said, oh, yeah, it, give it another month. It's just this emotional experience. Well, three months later, I went back and saw her and I said, Auntie, I'm still here. I'm not drinking. I'm not swearing. I'm not fighting. I'm not causing my mother heartache and pain. Jesus has come into my life and changed my life. I'm different. She said, oh, I can, oh, I'm, I can see a little bit, but I don't know. Well, after one year, she said, maybe you are a Christian. Maybe God is doing something with your life. 
And I say that to say this because I was talking to a young man this morning who was about to be baptized today. I said, when God saves you, there's a power that comes in. When you become a Christian, when you decide, I don't want to live this life anymore, I want to ask Jesus to come into my life, something happens inside of you that gives you the power to live this life. I didn't have to wake up every day and go, oh, I've got to watch, I don't do this. No, 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 no. The desire had left me and now I had a fresh desire. I had a fresh power. I wanted to read the Bible instead of my mother saying, you shall read the Bible. I wanted to pray instead of someone telling me, you must pray. And miracle of all miracles, I wanted to go to church. Not because someone told me, you must go to church. It was this desire inside of me that Jesus had come in. And so for a couple of minutes this morning, I want to talk about when Jesus meets you. I think of Zacchaeus. The Bible tells the story about a little tax man. I say little because he was short. When Jesus was passing through the town, he literally had to climb up a tree so he could see Jesus. He was that short. But Jesus saw him. I want to tell you, even in a crowd this big, Jesus knows you. He can see you. He knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're struggling with. He knows exactly what your fears are. And Jesus saw this little man up on a tree. The Bible tells us that he was such a, a wicked guy. He was a tax man and he used to rip off everyone. He would charge them three times the amount of tax, four times the amount of tax. And everyone knew that that guy in town had a very, very bad name until he met Jesus. One meeting with Jesus, one encounter, one moment in his house. It was an afternoon dinner. And when Jesus left that night and said, farewell, thank you for the meal, Zacchaeus next day went out not because he was told to, not because he was cautioned to, not because he was controlled to. The scripture tells us that Zacchaeus went outside next day and said, whoever I've wronged, I want to pay you back four times. Whoever I've stolen from, I want to do this. God changed his life powerfully. When I think of Easter, I think about, number one, he has the power to cancel out your past. Have you ever said to yourself, I wish I could start my life all over again? I wish I could start over again because I've made so many mistakes. I just wish I could wipe out all of my past failures, my problems, my bad decisions, those conversations I had and I, I shouldn't have had. I wish I could wipe them all out. Well, when you come to Jesus, he has the power to cancel out all of our past. It says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, he canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, he erased it all. My old arrest warrant, my old conviction sheet, my old rap sheet. When I got my first ticket at the age of 17, when I got my second ticket, my old rap sheet, it says that he's taken that. All our sins, our stains, he deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. For those of you this morning that might be struggling with that, this is what Jesus does with your past. This is all your history. Every false, everything against you, every accusation, every sin, 
Every word, everything that someone spoke over your life, every time they try to hold it up and read it back to you, you were like this. Don't you remember what you're like? This is what Jesus does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been wanting to do that all morning. Put that through. Now. When someone says, raise your past, when someone says, think about your history, when someone says you were like that, you try and put that back together again. Because God says it's gone. It's erased. Never again. Mark, if you want to try and sit down and put it back together, you have a good go at it. But for me, it's done. It's dusted. I came to wipe it out not just wipe you out. I came to lift you up. That's what Jesus does. That's the power of Easter. John chapter 3, 17 says, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, say help, to put the world right again. And anyone who trusted him is acquitted. I will be merciful in that day and forgive their wrongs. I will never call to mind. I will never call to mind. I will never call to mind or mention their sins again. Okay. This is Peter King's sins. This is his rap sheet. Come on, that's Peter. That's your whole rap sheet gone. He has the power. Say he's got the power. He has the power. I nearly started singing that power song. Stop it. Number two, he has the power to conquer all of my problems. Now, some of you, I heard that down the back. Thank you very much. You said, Pastor Mark, did you have problems? Yes, I did. I heard that. If you don't believe I had problems when I came to Jesus, even when I had problems after I became a Christian, I'd like to hand the mic over to my wife. She will start a series on the issues my husband had. She will talk for the next six weeks about the issues I had. She will tell you, oh, when he got saved... Oh, one thing my husband taught me was this, how to pray, how to pray. I tell you what, I got saved. I got excited that morning. I went home. I sang hallelujah. But on Monday, boy, did I need changing. My old pattern, my old mindset, my old language. I was still there. I was still a policeman trapped in a little presbytery cloak. And I had times I would come out and my anger would be still there. My frustrations would be still there. But I found out. That not only does Jesus have the power to wipe out my past, he can help me conquer all of my problems today. My issues of poor self-image. Why did I drink? It wasn't because I was thirsty. I drank alcohol to try and put out a pain inside of me. I kept drinking every time the thoughts came. You're no good. You'll never measure up. You can't do this. Don't you remember this? And I would drink to try and take the pain away. And then I would become angry because I drank and I would get frustrated because I failed again. I went into a cycle. But I found out that Jesus not only has the power to destroy my past, he has the power to conquer all of my problems. My addictions went. My unhealthy thoughts went. As I started coming to church, as I started connecting with fellowship, as I started to read the Word, as I started to pray, as I started to get connected to this thing called the church of God, the, the family, and listen to sermons and listen to messages, I found out my life, this Jesus, that does, Jesus just doesn't want to touch me once at the, at the altar. Jesus wants to walk with me tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day. Jesus wants me to go. The Apostle Paul said, he who has begun this good work in you will not stop. He will continue. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 35, 
Who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. No troubles, no pressure, no problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder the omnipotent love of God. So once I made a decision to accept Jesus, he saved me, but then he looked after me. He took away my problems. He's still working on my issues. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Pour out all of your worries and stress upon him and leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you. The third and final thing, just a couple of guys can open those back doors up too. He has the power to change my personality. Say personality. One of the greatest opportunities to work on your, uh, on your personality is to get married. Just get married and then you'll find out this isn't the guy that I was dating. He would rock up early, smell nice and fresh, pay for everything. And then we discovered this thing called we each have a unique personality. We're all different. Some would say, oh, you know what? It's just like me too. I'm always late. I always worry. I never commit to anything. Oh, it's just like me. I always put my foot in it. It's our personality. There's a story that uh, a management team got this room and they put 100 bricks in a particular order in this closed room. And there was a big open window. And then they sent inside this room two people, two candidates, and they left them there for an hour. Then they put another two candidates in. After a short period of time, the hour they would come back and then they would analyze the situation. If the person in there were counting the bricks, they would recommend them, you're in the accounting department. If they were counting and then recounting, sir, you're for auditing. If they messed up the whole place, they would then recommend you qualify for engineering. If they arranged the bricks in some strange order, they would recommend them, you're in the planning department. If they came back and they found these two people throwing bricks at one another, they would put them in operations department. If they were on the floor sleeping, they said, we've found our security team. If they have broken bricks, broken up into tiny, tiny, tiny pieces, they said, we've discovered our team for information technology. If they are just sitting there idle, they would recommend them for human resources. If they saw that they've tried different combinations, yet not a single brick has been moved, they would put them in sales. If they've already left by the time you come back, they put them in marketing. If they found them sitting and just staring out the window, they would put them in strategic planning. And then finally, if they're sitting in the corner with a cup of tea, talking to each other, and not one single brick has been moved, they congratulate them and put them in senior management. We're all different. We all have different personalities. And what I found is when I came to the Lord, not only did He break my power, not only did He destroy my past, not only did He give me the ability to conquer all the problems, He also helped me change my personality. You see, I got saved in 1981. And for the next five to seven years, I still carried a strong inherent trait of a policeman. We were taught to look for things beyond what's in front of you. 
If you saw a car going past and it was way down the back, you said, oh, look at that car. It's got shock absorber problems. I would say, what are they carrying and where are they going? We see different. We're trained different. And for the next seven years or so, when I would bump into people and I would talk with them and I'd say, my name's Mark. I'm working in sales. I go to this church here. And nearly every time they would say, were you ever a policeman? And I go, yeah. And I walk away going, what am I still caring about this thing? I'm a policeman. Is this strong? I don't know what it is. And I was in management at AGC Finance and they're promoting people at different times and would get called into um, senior management meetings. And this is in my first two years at AGC Finance. And they said, Mark, your sales experience is good. This is good. But Mark, your strong authoritarian is off the charts. The grace is low. And I would go away and I'd say, oh, I missed out on management again. I This and I'd ask the Holy Spirit, could you help me? Could you change me? Could you work within me? Well, years later, I'm having a talk and I can remember the moment. And I'm chatting to someone about where I got saved and how I got saved. And I said, do you know what? I was saved in 1981. I was an alcoholic and all that. And I used to be in the police force. And they said, whoa, stop, Pastor Mark. What? Were you a policeman? I said, yes. No. And right then I said, stop, freeze. Let me take that photo. It was such a moment to me that God had transformed and changed me so much that people struggled to see the old Queensland copper. And God had done a beautiful work in my life with my attitude and my character. We read in Galatians chapter 5, 22 as we close. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and a strength of spirit. Where there's areas in our life that God wants to work on, we just invite the Holy Spirit to come and say, Holy Spirit, would you help me? Would you help me with this part of my life? Would you help me and change me? And it's through a relationship with Him. Just as I close, I'd like to give an opportunity right now. If I could invite you to just respect those around you by just bowing your head and closing your eyes. It's something we just do on a Sunday just to respect the the privacy of those around us. And I'd like to give an invitation. Like I received an invitation all those years ago at an Easter camp meeting. And that invitation is if something has happened this morning, something in this service, and you've felt in your heart this little stirring, you don't know what it is, and you're, you're, you're sensing it now. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I know who you are. I'm drawing you now by my Spirit. And while every head is bowed, every eye closed, I'd like to give you an opportunity to become a Christian, to receive Jesus into your heart as a Lord and His Savior. And all you have to do, and I'm going to ask it just in a moment, while every head is bowed, every eye closed, I'm just going to ask, just so I can see if you could just put your hand up quickly and say, Pastor Mark, would you pray for me? And if, when you put your hand up, I'll see that and I'll say you can put your hand down. So just across the auditorium right now, I'd like to put out an invitation for you to get to know Jesus in a more personal way just while every head is bowed, every eye closed. Right now, if you'd like to put your hand up and just wave it at me, I'll see that and I'll put that down. Just one, two, three, put your hand up right down just so I can see that and pray for you. Just across the auditorium. Is there someone here? Thank you. Is there someone here? Just asking right now. Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit. Amen. Can we pray this prayer right now? Church, I invite you to. Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I ask you right now, please forgive me of all my sins. Wash away my past. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right now, we're going to get ready for the water baptism. And I'd like to invite Pastor Mick Smith as he comes. Could you put your hands together for Pastor Mick? Who'll be looking after the water baptism today. Well, Pastor Mick's here, and I've invited Pastor Mick to come this morning. We're just going to ask a couple of questions of each other and share a little bit just before we come to the water baptism. Just to explain a little bit of a background to water baptism. And Pastor Mick has been looking after our water baptism for some years now, and every time I talk to him, he always gets super excited about water baptism. Why is that, Pastor Mick? Well, when I think about uh, water baptism, I always go to the River Jordan when, Peter, when Jesus is uh, water baptised by John the Baptist. And uh, when I see that, I see an example that Jesus left for us. And if it's good enough for Jesus, I want to do it as well. I want to follow his example. That was an interesting thing. You know, I remember talking to Pastor Mick recently and he said, well, the number one reason, Pastor Mark, is... Jesus himself went through water baptism. So it was his pattern. So when people are coming up today, Pastor Mick, they're following the pattern of Jesus to be baptized. Exactly. And uh, when Jesus stepped into the water and was baptized, I love what the Gospels say, that he heard the voice of the Father and the words, the, the words of the Father and that he said, the Father said to Jesus, to the Son, I'm well pleased in the son of whom I love. And I love that, that uh, he said, this is my son, my son whom I love. Beautiful. You know, when Mick was talking about this also, and he said, uh, Jesus set the pattern, but he said, Pastor Mark, the father, the father himself came and his voice was heard at the River Jordan. And so what, me putting it together with my little three Ps and whatever, I said, so we follow the pattern, we draw his pleasure. And so the people that are coming up and you're being baptized today, I want you to know that when you step up here today, you're following the pattern of Jesus. But I tell you what, the Father is present too. And his pleasure is on everything you do today with this baptism. Keep going, Pastor Mick. And I also love in the Gospels when Jesus is baptized, how the Trinity was present, how the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit were all there together celebrating the baptism of Jesus. And I have no doubt in my heart of hearts that the Holy Spirit, yeah. the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit will be present here celebrating with us this morning as these seven people go through the waters of baptism. Amen. So say after me, we're following a pattern. We're following a we're drawing his pleasure and receiving his power. I love that at water baptism here today. The pattern has been observed. The Father's pleasure is present. And the Holy Spirit is coming down. It says the Holy Spirit came down like a dove and rested and settled on Jesus. The power. And so when everyone goes through today, we've been praying. I was on the road praying today. I know that as you follow the pattern, the pleasure of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit will be here. Amen. Amen. 
And if I can use my own baptism as an example, in 1988, there was just such a supernatural presence and a powerful presence of the Holy Spirit and just the pleasure of the Father that was there. So it's not just symbolic. It's about the presence of the Holy Spirit and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit being there rejoicing today as people go through the waters of baptism. And so I want to encourage you, when the people are going through the baptism, especially when they be baptized and come up, we're going to be praying. You can be there praying too, praying that the Holy Spirit will touch them in a powerful way. Okay. Well, thank you, Pastor Mick. Can you call the first person being baptized this morning? So the first person we've got this morning is Shania Chan. Can we give her a big welcome? And we got Pastor Izzy coming to help us. Welcome. How would you like to get in? So, Shania, you looking forward to this? What's tell me what God's done for you? Um, he's healed me in so many ways, and he's just my salvation. And I think just knowing that he's there has like is like the reason why I'm here. Do you believe Jesus saved you? Do you believe he died for you and rose again? Do you confess Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? Shania, you'd like to get ready? At the confession of your faith, we baptise you in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's celebrate. and we love having her a part of our church. So come on in, get yourself comfortable. It's not too warm, don't think. <laughs> so we'd love to find out, Kira, how did you come to know Jesus? Um, so, I mean, when I was younger, I went to Catholic school, so I learned a lot about him then, but I, I grew away from it and when I met Caitlin, she said to me about coming back and I'm so glad I did. What's it like now living and being in relationship with Jesus? It just feels good. I feel like I'm in the right place and that I'm with the right people. And yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It just feels good. Awesome. So have you accepted Jesus into your heart and you believe that He is your Lord and your Saviour? Yes, awesome. Well, on your confession of your faith, we would now love to baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit.
Next we have Sarah Schultz. Why don't we give her a big hand? Awesome. I love Sarah. Sarah's a trooper. She even um, came to Pastor Karen one time and she's like, I love Providence so much. I'd love to just start a life group at my house and have girls over and just hang out with them. And it's so cool. And that's just Sarah's heart. She loves people, loves seeing them find the joy that Jesus gives them. So Sarah, what is it like being in relationship with Jesus? It's changed my life a lot. Um, He's helped me go through things um, that I didn't think I would go through. Um, He's helped me so much. So good. <laughs> have you have you accepted Jesus as your best friend, as your Lord and your Savior? Well, because of that, because of your confession, we'll now love to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Shaneza George and I think uh, Dr. George is going to join us for this as well. Dr. George. Oh, that's all right, Dr. George. It's okay. Water feeling good? Good, I'm glad. I'm just worried I'm going to drop the mic. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, you are. Shanessa is just a girl full of faith. When she prays, things change. And I just love seeing you and how you've grown so much over the past few years and how you've uh, just grown in your faith and grown in your maturity and your wisdom. And I just want to ask you, Shanessa, what has Jesus changed about you and what impact has He had on your life? I think um, I've noticed most of a change by the way I've treated my mom. (laughs) I used to to be really mean to her, but I think now we've grown a friendship. And I've also noticed that when I ask my friends, like, no, when I tell my friends how I used to be in like year seven and stuff, they're like, I can't imagine you like that and stuff. So yeah, I noticed that change. Awesome. And have you accepted Jesus into your heart and you believe in Him and love Him with all your heart? Yes. Awesome. Well, on your confession of your faith, we'd love to baptise you now in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. celebration today. Next we have Melsh to come up and be water baptised. Give a big welcome. Melsh. Who loves Melsh? Melsh is a fun guy. <laughs> I just look at him and I just laugh. He's just so, such a great guy. <laughs> you look great, but you're just funny. Awesome. Well, Melsh, 
It's so much fun to have you around, but I think there's so much more to you than just your fun side. And so why don't you just tell us a bit about your relationship with Jesus? Well, um, my relationship with Jesus has changed me a lot with the way I talk to people because usually I would just say things that come out of my mind straight away and not think about the, what the person's feelings are. But now that I become a Christian, I think about what I'm going to say before I actually say it and see if it affects them in a good way or a bad way. Awesome. Awesome. So it all comes back to love, hey? Loving people. Great. Well, do you love Jesus with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and you've accepted into your heart? Yes. Awesome. Well, on the confession of your faith, we'll now baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. things they first wanted to do straight after got baptized was take communion you take that now father in the name of Jesus right now we ask and pray Holy Spirit that you would just continue doing your amazing work in and through the life of this young man in Jesus name you can eat and drink you. God bless you, buddy. Come on, put your hands together. Put your hands together. Well, it gives me great pleasure to welcome the next young man. And this young man I've known for quite some time. And that's my son. And his name is Travis. Come on. I was over at Travis's house the, uh, oh, probably a week or so ago, and uh, we've had a beautiful, rich presence and moved through our house this year through the church, and God's been doing some good work. And just before I left, Travis said, oh, Dad, um, you know you've got a water baptism coming up. I said, yeah. I, I, would it be okay to get baptized again? I said, of course it is. And I said, why? He said, well, I just, God's been doing something, and I just feel it's right for now. So how are you, son? How do you feel about today? Yeah, I'm doing good. You're doing good. And this is a special day for you? Yeah, it's good, yeah. As I said, he's been doing stuff for the last couple of months, so it all lead up well. We man, our conference and baptism a couple of weeks later, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had the Man Up conference here and the men's conference, and, um, and God's been doing some powerful things in your life, mate. So uh, it's a great joy for me to be here today and to pray with you and do this water baptism with you. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yep. You're going to follow him all the days of your life? Amen. Well, on the confession of your faith, we'd like to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The last one. The last one. I've got two more. One more. One. Well, can you put your hands together for this young man, young Ryan? Come on. Come on up. And Nathan, you come. <laughs> Woo! Wow. 
Well, it's got like like Kira. God's been changing your life upside down and around. And so, how's your past couple of weeks been? Unbelievable. Um, the start of the year, I was found when I was on drugs, nearly about to kill myself. That my dad had terminal ill cancer. Um, he has 12 months to live, and he found out this month, 12 months ago. It's it has, but I can't just commit to one person here, but Nathan never gave up in faith in me. He always knew I had the strength deep down to quit the drugs, and I told him as soon as I did, I'd be in church because I know deep down God believed in me. The prayers that have been answered, they might not be little things, but to me, my dad's still alive 12 months later. Um, another big thing for me is I've got a nine-year-old son. I haven't really seen him in the last year or so since I've been on the drugs. But the best thing I can take out of this is in the nine years I've had him, I haven't seen him in Easter. Yep. But in nine years either, I have not been in this situation where I've been forgiven for my sins and been able to change my life going forward. Yeah. So God bless and thank you for everyone who have the belief in me today because if it wasn't for you, I don't think I'd have the courage to be up here to get baptised. So. God bless. Thank you very much. There was, uh, <laughs> I was talking to Ryan. It would have to be last week, I think. Pastor Dave and I was sitting with you. You didn't know this, but after you hopped up and walked away, Pastor Dave looked at me and went, oh man, it's so good to hang around a born again brand pressure. He's it made us feel. Now you told a story about your dad. You had a little bit of a blow up then you went down the street and you rang him. Tell us what happened there. Oh. During the week, I had a bit of a rough patch. I was advised that I was supposed to see my son last weekend and that didn't happen, so I called my dad and to let out my problems, he just kept agreeing with me, maybe thinking at the time that's going to help. Yeah. To know that he's my problem solver and I wasn't there to be able to understand his problems, I rang back a couple minutes later and I apologised because deep down, it's not for what he's going through, yeah. but... It's for the fact that no matter what I'm going through, he's always put me number one. Yeah. Um, just quickly as well, a few years ago, me and my mum stopped talking. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, after I'd been to church, I was invited to her house. She forgave me. We've hugged it out. And our relationship is stronger than ever. And that doesn't come down to me. No. That does not come down to me. I've always had a heart of, heart of gold, but... God showed me how big it is and the potential I've got in life. Yeah. Um, I could keep going on for hours, to be honest, but I better stop. But it's just amazing how far I've come in three weeks. And it's a bit intimidating yeah. to be upstage right now because if I've had such progress in the last three weeks of my life, what's going to happen going forward from today? So, yeah, I am. You, you said to me, you said, Pastor Mark, it's one thing to show up here when I've got problems. It's one thing to reach out when I've got problems. It's one thing to come back when I still have problems. He said, but I don't want to show up. I don't want to reach out and I don't want to walk out just in my season of problems. I want to be there in my good seasons. I want to be in the house in my good seasons. I want to be here for the right reasons. And, uh, I just want to encourage you. Every one of us here have walked a journey. Every one of us, Jesus has done something beautiful. But we do need each other. And it says in Hebrews, to encourage one another every day. I'm here today, not because of good luck or good management. I'm here because of a good God and good people who surrounded me and lifted me and cheered me up and lifted me and he never gives up. This man here, this is why I wanted him up here today, your best buddy, the one who's cheered you on and believed in you. <laughs> I thought, we can't have you getting baptised today without Nathan being here. It's wrong. And so, uh, young man, I just want to say we love you, we accept you, we believe in you, and we want to cheer you on because you're inspiring us at the moment. You're helping us. So do you believe Jesus Christ? His Lord and Saviour. 100%. You're going to follow Him? I already am. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>
no stopping now. Well, young Ryan, on the confession of your faith, on your testimony of His goodness and grace, we baptise you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless your family. Pray that you've had a great morning this morning. Visitors, welcome and special greet, greetings to you today. Outside we have tea, coffee and uh, stay around out in the El Fresco. We'd love to meet and greet you. But for the rest of your Easter weekend, have a great time. God bless you. Catch you next Sunday. Bye.